listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Digital therapeutics, known as DTX, are evidence-based therapeutic interventions driven by software to prevent, manage, or treat a medication disorder or disease. Pharmacists play a critical role in the adoption of digital therapeutics, and this series will provide the latest on the innovations in pharmacy care. If you're a listener, general listener to the Pharmacy Podcast Network, I want to welcome you today to a special episode where we're really looking for some of the latest information in certain uh, sectors of pharmacy, um, whether that is the study of genes reacting to specific medications over long-term periods of time or clinical trials or uh, digital um, therapeutics. So when we get an opportunity to speak to someone who really is in this day-to-day and understands how pharmacists may even impact digital therapeutics and the usage of uh, these tools as part of medication management moving forward, I want to welcome Dr. Shaheen Lakan. Uh, he's MD, Chief Medical Officer um, at Click Therapeutics. Um, welcome, Shaheen. Oh, thank you so much, Todd. Yes, I'm joining you from uh, Tribeca, New York, our headquarters of Click Therapeutics today. It's a pleasure. Yes, um, you and your team, uh, Shaheen, is is getting all together. So it's it's great to have that time and coming together and recharging um, each other's spirits. Um, I love I love get togethers. Uh, it takes a me- it takes really a village to introduce a new category of medicine. And uh, that's exactly what we're doing this entire week. We've had over the years since the pandemic, a lot of remote hires. We have a campus in Boston and Miami. So we actually bring everyone together to workshop. How do we tackle the brain? Absolutely. So you can hear the excitement in my voice when, when I started because I'm a nerd and I love what pharmacists can do, especially when they're empowered to do to do more for patients, whether that's data collection or special uh, tracking or titrations of medication. But when I think of technology being leveraged to become part of a therapy regime and therapy design, where now pharmacists get to give feedback to the heads of these clinician teams and and clinical digital teams. I want to hear about you. I want to hear about your role with Click Therapeutics and also, you know, someone at your level, what what made you choose to join this company in the first place? Share your excitement. It's always, it's not, this isn't a one-sided interview. You can hear it in my voice and, I, and I'm, I'm sure we'll hear it in your voice. <laughs> Maybe we'll just amplify each other and our audience has to lower the volume. Exactly. But, but I likewise shared this passion and the excitement. So tell me about Click Therapeutics. How did you find this role or did they find you? And what what made you uh, join up with them? Well, you know, it's it's a small community of digital therapeutics. Uh, you know, I, I actually have to start off with lexicon and maybe it's the professorial side of me, but, you know, there's digital health technology technologies. That's anything that enables or supports uh, the practice of healthcare it could be electronic healthcare records, telemedicine platforms, but there's these small niche called digital therapeutics and even smaller is prescription digital therapeutics where we at Click Therapeutics sit. And that's using apps on the smartphone to actually treat bona fide diseases, not help you cope with it, uh, you know, anxiety and depression, quality of life, and actually go after the same targets that drug 
drugs go after. And that's been my my whole life. You know, I'm actually a neurologist, a brain doc, and uh, and a pain management specialist. I trained and practiced at the Cleveland Clinic and at MGH, and actually I call now Boston my home for, for for the last five years, but upwards of twelve years on and off. It's it's been almost the 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 common factor of any pursuit I've done, whether it was medical education, reinventing the way that we teach physicians essentially, whether it was the opiate epidemic, I was in the heart of Appalachia and Virginia Tech battling it with a former Surgeon General, Eric Schumacher. And then this became the next frontier of how do we now really democratize healthcare through technology? I mean, practically everyone has a smartphone and if you don't, there are government channels now to enable you to have both the hardware and data plan. How do we leverage that for good, for healthcare outcomes and do it with biotech principles? I didn't want this to be consumery, wellness, product-y, and things of that nature. There's a lot of companies that do there, a lot of fun, entertaining apps out there, but I develop regulated products. And I've done that in the pharmaceutical industry, at Sage Therapeutics, a number of other pharma companies, in medical device companies, and now software as a medical device. Click stood out because they got that message. They're doing it through a regulated platform. They're doing the same studies and the same endpoints that I was doing in my drug trials, and they were rapidly growing. I think it was mutually, you know, when when you're in this conference, um, you know, kind of roadshow, you kind of interact with each other. And it was David Klein, the the co-founder and CEO of Click Therapeutics, who first realized the power for smoking cessation. You know, he suffered from tobacco use disorder. He's a smoker, right? That's a fancy word to call him a smoker. And he saw that more often than not, when you wake up in the morning, you actually interact with your phone than your bedfellow. And the same thing is reversed when you go to sleep, right? You're putting alarms and, and looking at the news or things of that nature. Why not take that behavior that's already ingrained in you? So I don't have to create a new behavior and change it for good. And he started off with a smoking cessation product called Clicotine. Now that was like a beta version of the capabilities of digital therapeutics. Then we kind of harnessed it with pharma partners, pharma due diligence, pharma co-funding and co-development and talent and expertise. And he afforded me the opportunity to build this organization from a tech company into a biotech company. And that's exactly what I did. Shaheen, that's exciting. I tell you, there have been papers that have come out of recent. Uh, one was titled Prescription Digital Therapeutics, A New Frontier for Pharmacists in the Future of Treatment. Um, from the science direct um, pharmacists who we know of who have been leading uh, writings and in bio biographies on people that are leading in in digital therapeutics we were starting to talk about this just a tiny little bit when apps started really coming out from from the evolution of Fitbit and and where we could go with with really what this means uh, to medication management but before I kind of jump into that which I'm excited because of it being Many pharmacists are so interested in it, but describe to us what Click actually does um, at its at its core. Oh, sure, and I relish this opportunity. Actually, I love I love the the pharmacy audience. This is almost like my Friday nights. Most of my friends are pharmacists. They graduated from like the Mass College of Pharmacy and whatnot in Boston, so we have these discussions. This obviously has has greater reach, so I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, I mean, in in essence, Click combines. What a biopharma company does, but their asset is digital, it's code. So there's extensive science and research and clinical expertise, and these are patented technologies. And we actually 
develop them and then validate them through the phase-based approach, right? We have first in human studies. We have early and late phase studies that, that validate the core principles behind it. Almost equivalent to even a clinical pharmacology package we've coined at Click Therapeutics. It's the foundational sciences these through these clinical learning studies where, well, is this a, is this a transport molecule that converts this digital mechanism of action into the brain, right? Crossing the blood-brain barrier. And how do we dose this? How do we personalize this type of treatment? How do we test it in endpoints? What are the biomarkers that might change, you know, its interaction profile? What are the target engagements? So these is what I call drug design principles that now we've taken at Click Therapeutics. We apply it as we develop new patented uh, digital mechanisms of actions, validate them, get them across the finish line through the regulators. In the U.S., it's the FDA. It's actually the CDRH, the Centers for Devices and Radiological Health, uh, that controls and, and regulates you know, these types of products, and then put them out there. Uh, a lot of headways in, in uh, market access. We got to get on payers, show the evidentiary packages. You know, I actually sat on Virginia Medicaid's PNT committee, right? Pharmacy and Therapeutics Committee. And we had $8 billion formulary decisions every year to make. So I used to look at these evidence packages and look at quality of lives and cost offsets, cost benefit analysis. And I think we're the first company that's actually applying this in the development process. So not only do these get regulatorily approved, they get covered. So there's minimal to no out-of-pocket costs for patients. And then you get universal appeal. That's what we do. Well, that's cool. And, I, and I'm excited about it because I know that there are pharmacists who want to dig deeper into one specific condition as diabetes specialists or oncology pharmacists or pediatric pharmacists, like they really want to become those specialists and that's happening. That's what I was kind of prefacing in the beginning of, of today's podcast and our, but I, the reason why I'm excited is because of the examples that you've shared um, through writings and other things that you've done about how this is impacting patient care. Like that's the most exciting part because pharmacists are like, all right, I'm going to become part of this team driven by data, and now I'm going to see my patients doing better. So share some successes that you've seen with the PDTs and, and how patients and, and healthcare providers benefit, benefit from all of this. Oh, very much so. I, I mean, most companies uh, are patient-centric, but unlike biopharma companies, we're actually patient co-designed. Right, they're intimately involved in the development of every aspect, intervention, screen content that's coming on board through, through this this Delphi model, which is a a really nice validated iterative development type of model. Yeah, and and we have to exist within the you know the the workflows that are out there, right? In fact, let's let's just make a better type of system before a patient leaves a physician's visit, right? Physician, clinician prescribes a medication or now a digital drug, a prescription digital therapeutic. We can actually confirm that they got dispensed the access code. It went through eligibility checks. It went onto their phone. They logged onto it and they engaged in their first lesson of treatment. Just imagine that <laughs> with, with drug assets out there, we know the, the dismal rates, right? If you look at the funnel analysis of when you get prescribed something that you actually pick it up and that you actually use it as prescribed, right? And, and then there's all those, those barriers in between that, that I'm just, you know, going through the social determinants of access to that clinician, access to affordable medications, uh, access to pharmacies and deliverings, and then the health literacy that goes along with it. We have the ability to 
flip the classroom or flip the script, essentially, that's going on over here. Empower patients in their own therapeutic journey. It's not no longer a passive act of taking a pill or getting something injected in you. You're engaged and you, you're, you're empowering, right? Patients that I'm talking about are empowered by exploiting their own brain's capability to establish new connections, neuroplasticity. And we validate that through EEGs and fMRI. They don't know it. This is all going behind the scenes. What they are doing is forming a behavior habit that could tackle diseases that we're talking about, major depressive disorder, schizophrenia, migraine. And just last year, we ventured out of CNS diseases. We're now talking about rheumatoid arthritis, right? Primarily inflammatory autoimmune conditions. I think the sky's the limit because I cannot think of a disease that does not have a biobehavioral component. Shaheen, you're giving us some examples and getting us, uh, getting me excited. I could probably do one of these a month and we'd, we'd never catch up to, to what innovation is taking place. That's part of Click's philosophy and your whole team is, is being innovative and understanding that the faster we come up with trackable, measurable uh, ability to inject partial change possibilities to therapies moving forward, what should be added, what should be subtracted, this is all governed by data. And I that's my background is all about data. I spent about three years in the opioid use uh, disorder treatment realm uh, with 85 different centers throughout the, the country that would also look to the pharmacist to help with comorbid medication management where you have multiple things taking place, which now your technologies are gonna start paying attention to some of that shifting data and and be able to project well, how is this going to impact the the survivability, but the thriveability of our patients? So you're kind of giving away some of the the becoming innovation of the company, but tell us about specific um, maybe conditions or or developments in the pipeline where you're sharing upcoming projects if you're allowed. And you don't, I'm not pressuring you, Shaheen, but if you can't, if you can give us some teasers, um, I think we're going to have you back for sure to to jump on some, some specific conditions. Oh, I, I, I very well can. And I, I relish the opportunity to share in our pipeline. Um, in, in fact, it's, it's actually driven by one of your earlier questions of why I joined this organization, not only is like this cutting edge science and and, and then the co-founder gets the capabilities of technology and wants to make it now biomedically bona fide. But my, my older brother suffers from paranoid schizophrenia. He's around three years older than I. Um, interesting enough, I saw the symptoms when I was a teenager and he was you know, um, approaching young adulthood and, and, and he struggled over the past you know, decades uh, living with it, institutionalized and so on. And, and the particular aspect, and this one doesn't get as much attention. You know, you can watch A Beautiful Mind and you can watch all, you know, and read all the, the, the documentaries and books uh, uh, about this disease, but the silent suffering is not what we call positive symptoms, the hallucinations and delusions and psychosis and so on. It's really the negative symptoms where they lacking the motivation. They're not... They, they have asociality, right? They're not inclined to go out and greet folks or, or whatnot because of, you know, negative defeatist beliefs, right? They're, they're, that's the intrinsic things that are stripped away from them that prevents them from reintegrating society. And if you look at the literature, it's the major factor for disability in this population. It's not the psychosis and hallucinations. It's the negative symptoms. 
And in, in the US and actually throughout the world, there was no approved therapies for addressing uh, negative symptoms of schizophrenia. And I'm talking about throughout the gamut of modalities. There's no approved drugs or devices or, or, or software, right? That's out there. Uh, with Boeinger Ingelheim, you know, our, our pharmaceutical partner, multinational partner, they had it in their mission. I'm going to go out and conquer CNS diseases through precision psychiatry where no other company has done before. And they're a family-based organization for over 100 years and based out of Ingelheim, but, but they're throughout the world. And they got our philosophy. They got our ethos, but they really loved the way they reproach diseases. We break it down into the pathophysiology. We map out our digital mechanisms of action. We try to actually conquer diseases that have no therapeutics like negative symptoms. All that being said, I could say that we just launched a phase three study uh, into negative symptoms of schizophrenia. It's recruiting right now. Patients with this disease can actually get access to our investigational device. Um, and you know, through a very curated experience, like, and hopefully a successful experience, this is the pivotal registrational trial, right? If positive, we'll submit for approval and we uh, could potentially be the first treatment ever for this disease. And it hits home because before I was a clinician, even before I was a researcher, right? Because I had my PhD component, I was a caregiver and family member of the person that now I'm developing therapeutics for, my brother. That's that's when it starts hitting home even more so, more than just what you're seeing from patients, but in your own life. And Shaheen, we really, um, that means a lot to us and our listeners that you shared that story with us. So thank you. Oh, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And there's much more in our pipeline as well. And I am very happy to announce that we closed out on our phase three study and we submitted to the FDA uh, for regulatory clearance. Uh, I'm looking forward to share, you know, the one pending uh, clearance, if all goes well, and then two, the data, right, and peer-reviewed publications and posters and abstracts on that um, on that novel technology. It's multiple organizations, people, passion, push the patients. I could go on, well, I guess with the P's, but I can't believe that if if you don't have players to help into driving better outcomes through data and through tools uh, like Click Therapeutics, then you don't have the full pie to be able to put this whole thing together to assure that it's going to have measurable, like I said, to make maybe changes on the fly. And that's exciting that Bohinger and Ingelheim have have really committed to that and other things that you're doing um, in in giving us more data of, of the coming of, of more development around schizophrenia. There are psychotropic focused pharmacists who are interested in how will uh, medications affect that one patient uh, versus another based on, for example, like a pharmacogenomics study. And I can only imagine what you're going to be able to tap into with some of that data being accessible to your organization in, in the tools. And there are pharmacists out there who are listening right now who are probably going to reach reach out to some member of your organization just to get more information um, just because of uh, really this is exciting to, to be specific to mental health. The, the advent of pharmacists entering mental health as a specialist, um, this has been within the last uh, five years, especially, and I think it was accelerated by the pandemic and the stresses of the pandemic. Um, you know, what's one takeaway, uh, Shaheen, uh, about prescription digital therapeutics and technology 
that you want our listeners to have um, from today's conversation? I, I love the premise of this because I, I, I see an entire, entire motivated, highly competent, you know, uh, practitioner out there as pharmacists being almost these applied data scientists and not, not just serving mental health diseases. I think that's just been the therapeutic area concentrated right now, but we're moving well beyond that into, of course, other CNS diseases, into neurological landscape. And you're going to see multiple sclerosis and Parkinson's disease, mild cognitive impairment, and then full-blown dementia. But even outside of that, into immunology and cardiometabolic diseases, obesity, right? We need to transform that disease. That's not a lifestyle disease. That's a bona fide disease that has a, a, a brain basis, right? The, the gut-brain axis and so on. So when if, if pharmacists are so well poised to capitalize on that data and then act on that data, I will say there's a number of companies, number of offerings that are profiling diseases, collecting sensor level data off your smartphone or wearables, but it ends there. It ends there. What we're, we're trying to do is because we're actually building and manufacturing the therapeutic, we can integrate and we are integrating the two. And I'll, tell you, I'll give you a real world example in migraine. I, I, I and my colleagues just presented at the American Headache Society in Austin, Texas last week. And we shared the results of our early phase studies in migraine where we were able to predict migraine with an 85% accuracy, with a training set, and albeit some ca caveats, and to the point where you don't even have to ask now a migrainer, are you suffering from a migraine headache or not, right? Because actually asking about painful disorders can amplify it. So you could predict it. What does that offer? Well, a data company, that's all they could do and maybe give it out and to healthcare systems and clinicians. And maybe you have the time to act on it. Maybe you don't. But as a digital therapeutics company, now we could tailor those digital interventions with just-in-time interventions and act early and maybe even pre-headache essentially, to buffer against the headache forming and maybe prime and optimize them so they don't develop it. Actually, a lot of that technology became the basis of our phase three asset in migraine, akin to where our schizophrenia trials are. I just launched a phase three study in migraine, and that's in a decentralized capacity, meaning you could, you know, patients throughout the entire United States, you don't have to be in within a metropolitan area and so on. In fact, there's a lot of access barriers to rural populations if you don't live in metro areas that have clinical investigative sites and the headache specialist in tertiary care. This is exactly why we designed this solution for, for the folks that aren't exactly in those areas. And we use those datas, not just in migraine prediction, but also in what's gonna be your response to those CGRP inhibitors or there's first and second line therapies or there's tryptans that are out there. What is gonna be the difference between a trigger and aura, right? Is chocolate, you know, really tricking you? Or are you just having a change in your appetite or something of that nature, right? Or is it yawning or feeling tired? Is that actually a change in your homeostatic load, right? Because you're changing now your baseline and, and, and creating less resilience for you to have migraine. All of these questions get answered, not necessarily on a population level, now an individual level. And I was in this era, maybe in, 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 in studying medicine 20 years ago, when we talked about personalized medicine, but I saw it actually becoming depersonalized medicine. Everything was relegated to your genome and proteome. We're returning that back into digital phenotypes and behavioral phenotypes and your behaviors and social determinants of health and, and all of that in our model. So I, I, I think our patients will really like our solutions. Yeah. 
Shaheen, your ecosystem and what you've built over your career has intertwined with so many things. It's like you never leave anything behind. Um, you've always been interconnecting um, from your time, you know, with Mount Auburn Hospital System or West Virginia University or Chief Medical Officer at Click Therapeutics. Being able to bring all of this together and then recognize how pharmacists can be tied into it, that's going to create tighter and more powerful collaborations. And I can't, I can't wait to hear what's next. We get, we have to have you back though. So promise me that you'll you'll come back and share some additional news uh, about Click Therapeutics. Oh, a hundred percent, I will. And um, you know, I just want to introduce this concept. This is maybe a little tease for for a future episode here. If you haven't heard of it, well, you hear it now. We create dynamos. Dynamos are digital neuroactivation and modulation. The dynamos, all of these are, are codes that change brain waves, brain signals, brain function, and there is a certain con condition structure. And the way we do it is we do early phase studies on our dynamo platform. Uh, we build out a dynamo, we test it in basket studies across multiple diseases with a common brain faulty circuit. Right. And if we get the right signals, then we advance those assets further on. I'd love to show you because this is this is in essence of what moved the practice of pharmacy, or I should say the science and research of pharmacy, right? A tincture of this and tincture of that into bona fide kind of research, phase-based research, clinical pharmacology, digital modeling, and pharmacodynamics. I think we're at the verge now with digital therapeutics to make those correlations credibly. That's exciting. I love it. I love it. I want to thank you uh, for sharing this um, announcement and, and data and your vision and innovation of, of where you're going uh, together with your partners. Like I said, I think that's such an important and crucial part of, of true patient-centered uh, healthcare is, is collaboration. Thank you so much, Shaheen. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure.